0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. Interesting start to the NFL season through two weeks. The NFC is 6-0 and against the AFC. We have three and 2-0 NFC South teams. Many people thought that would be the clear worst division in the league. Strong defense has helped that not be the case to this point. We'll hit on every matchup and every team a little more quickly this week. But I want to start by wishing Nick Chubb well. Superstar Browns running back, suffered a devastating knee injury on Monday night. The guy is and should be a role model for many. B. John Robinson, star rookie running back, said he's a role model in his post on X, wishing him well. And a ton of players around the league wishing Chubb well. And he's a super hard worker, so I'm sure it's got to be extremely tough for him to go through this. Very unfortunate and heartbreaking, and I'm praying that we see him back on the field at 100% next season. Let's jump right into week three, Thursday night football. Giants face the Niners. Giants were down 20-0 at halftime to the Cardinals last week, which was pretty shocking. They came back and won. Daniel Jones threw for over 300 yards, did damage rushing. I think he had 59 yards and a touchdown. Darren Wall and Jalen Hyatt, rookie receiver, got going a bit. Hyatt flashed his ability to stretch the field. Defense got stops when they needed to late in the second half. But unfortunately, Saquon Barkley is out for tonight. After suffering a low ankle sprain, it doesn't sound like he'll miss a ton of time, but it makes it much more of an uphill challenge, obviously, going on the road to face a Niners team on a short week. San Fran beat the Rams last week. Christian McCaffrey running behind Trent Williams and company again, another huge performance. He didn't leave the field in week two. That's kind of the mindset he has. He doesn't ever want to leave the field, but I think we might see more of Elijah Mitchell tonight given the short week. And with no Saquon Barkley on the other side. I think that the Niners just need to mainly contain Daniel Jones as a scrambler. And they're 10.5 point favorites. So an uphill battle for New York without Andrew Thomas as well, star left tackle. Going to be a tough task, pulling off an upset. Although strange things can definitely happen on Thursday night. Moving to Sunday, the Colts face the Ravens. Indy coming off a divisional win against the Texans last week to get to one and one Anthony Richardson ran for two touchdowns early. Unfortunately, his head sort of hit the turf on his second touchdown run after he crossed the end zone. So he's in the concussion protocol. Gardner Minshew stepped up and did a nice job. I think he was 19 of 23 last week navigating the offense. And they got a nice boost with Zach Moss carrying 18 times for 88 yards and a touchdown. He brought some balance on offense as a veteran running back after he missed week one due to a forearm injury. And the defense, they put a lot of pressure on C.J. Stroud and shut down Damian Pierce at running back. I think first-year head coach Shane Slaykin is going to do a real nice job with the Colts, and hopefully Richardson is able to clear the protocol. Hopefully he's feeling okay and can get back on the field soon. It'll be a fun matchup if he can play, facing Lamar Jackson on the other side, two totally electric quarterbacks. In last week's win over the Bengals, Odell Beckham Jr. left because of an ankle injury, but Nelson Aguilar, who I said to watch out for, he stepped up, caught a over-the-shoulder touchdown, nice catch. Zay Flowers hit on a deep ball from Jackson. Mark Andrews found the end zone. So overall, the passing attack got going for the Ravens after the weather, I think, contributed to some struggles relatively in Week 1. And the defense, Geno Stone, had a big interception. John Harbaugh was happy with the play of Jadeveon Clowney, who had a sack. Ravens are now 2-0. Not many 2-0 AFC teams, just them and Miami, I believe. And in the latest pair rankings on WolfSports.com, I have the Ravens up to number four. The Titans face the Browns. mentioned the loss of Nick Chubb. That's massive. A lot is going to be placed on the shoulders of the defense to be, I think they need to be a top five unit to have success as a team. Tough loss to the Steelers on Monday night. And Deshaun Watson, as Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, they were not shy about saying so. He's looked pretty bad since he returned to play last year after the long time off and really hasn't looked better through two games this year. So they need some switch to flip there for Cleveland, I think. They brought back Kareem Hunt at running back. Jerome Ford broke a long run last week, was tackled by the one-yard line. Obviously, there's no replacing Chubb, though, so a tough situation for the Browns. This week, they host a Titans team that got more to the formula that worked for them. Derek Henry had 25 carries last week, he scored a touchdown, not a huge yards per carry mark, but it allowed Ryan Tannehill to play efficiently, much better than the three-interception outing in Week 1, and they were ultimately able to beat the Chargers in overtime, and I think that's the right formula. Run Henry a lot. He can handle it. He's a unique back, and that'll set up play action to Traylon Burks got involved last week, and DeAndre Hopkins. I anticipated a defensive battle there, Tennessee at Cleveland. The Falcons, 2-0, face the Lions. Detroit coming off a tough loss to the Seahawks in overtime, and the loss was not only tough, but the injuries. Safety, C.J. Gardner-Johnson has a pectoral injury. His season might be over. Lions head coach Dan Campbell said he hopes that He can return at some point. Pass rusher James Houston is going to miss several weeks because of a fractured ankle. They have a couple of injuries on the offensive line. Dave Montgomery is day-to-day with the thigh issue, but it looks like he's going to miss this week. So the lines are pretty banged up already. But I'm hoping we see more of Jameer Gibbs at some point as a runner more so. I know last week, I believe I saw Dan Campbell said his route wasn't Precise on the pick six Jared Goff threw, which ended Goff's third longest ever interceptionless streak in league history. With Montgomery potentially out, we could see Gibbs more as a runner this week. And they'll face a Falcons team that certainly wants to run the ball a lot with B. John Robinson, who became the first player in history to have 150 rushing yards and 10-plus receptions in his first two career games. Desmond Ritter is taking care of the ball. I think they have one turnover, I believe, through two games, if I'm not mistaken. They were down, looked like the Packers were sort of in control last week. But the Falcons just stuck with it. Eventually got into position for a late go-ahead field goal. And held on with a 25-24 win to start 2-0 with now an opportunity to get a big road win against the Lions. Who were seen as one of the top teams in the conference entering the season. The also 2-0 Saints, they faced the Packers, who the Falcons played last week. New Orleans, the offense is still finding its footing a little bit. With new quarterback Derek Carr, the connection with Michael Thomas showed some promising signs underneath last week. Chris Olave had a nice game. Now with Jamal Williams dealing with the hamstring injury, rookie running back Kendra Miller will probably get a nice workload, I would think, in his NFL debut. Missed time with a hamstring injury to begin the season. And remember, Alvin Kamara is back for New Orleans next week, coming off a three-game suspension. So they might want to see what they have in Miller this Sunday against the Packers. The cornerback trio for the Saints, Marshall Lattimore, Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor, they've been fantastic through three games, and them playing the way they can play makes things easier on Dennis Allen's defense, which has played well. For the Packers, they're another team looking to get healthier. Christian Watson looks like he should have a shot to return from his hamstring injury. Didn't play the first two games. Aaron Jones looks a little more doubtful. As of right now, Didn't practice yesterday. As I just said, the Packers sort of seemed in control last week, couldn't get the win. But the way Jordan Love has looked in his first full season as a starter has been encouraging. And Matt LaFleur has done a nice job of not putting so much on his plate. I'm looking for one of these defenses in New Orleans or Green Bay to have sort of a game changing play that can determine the game this Sunday. The Texans face the Jaguars in an AFC South showdown. CJ Stroud's been under a ton of pressure through two weeks, but he's thrown for big yardage. So he's handled it pretty well being thrown into the fire. But ideally for Houston, they'll be able to run the ball better with Damian Pierce and take pressure off Shriad, so he doesn't have to qu- throw quite as much. And that'll help take pressure off the defense as well. Houston's unfortunately without 2022 20, 3rd overall pick, Derek Stingley Jr. at corner, dealing with a hamstring injury. It sounds like he's going to miss quite a bit of time. The defense didn't really have answers for the Colts last week. And again, I think the offense playing a different style can sort of take pressure off D'Amico Ryan's unit on that side of the ball. The Jags, they just couldn't find the end zone against the Chiefs last week. Christian Kirk got going, which was good to see. It was a sloppy game against the Chiefs overall, and the offense were just off. They should be able to get right this week against the Texans. I think getting the run game going more can help open up play action to Calvin Ridley and Kirk. And Travis Etienne in particular, I think, could have a huge game. The Broncos face the Dolphins. There was a lot of talk and a lot of high hopes coming into the season. Still just two games, but two home losses to start Sean Payton's tenure. Obviously not ideal, as Denver looks to push for a playoff spot in his first season as the head coach. The defense certainly let them down last week, but they obviously have a bit of beef with a non-call on a potential game-tying two-point conversion, down 35-33, where receiver Cortland Sutton was certainly interfered with. I don't think anyone debates that, and that would have tied the game. So, I mean, they've lost their two games by a combined three points, and Russell Wilson has looked much better under P and through two weeks. They'll look to try to keep up with the Dolphins team. That's now 2-0, coming off the road win at Gillette Stadium last Sunday night. The high-flying passing attack for Miami was grounded to some extent but Raheem Mostert had well over 100 yards rushing, a couple of touchdowns. Mike McDaniel's attack is going to be tough to stop if they can run the ball like that, especially when team try to play deep and take away deep balls. And the defense, they had that key turnover forced of Demario Douglas when he had a nice reception and then I think it was Bradley Chubb hustled and popped it out from behind. And that sort of was somewhat of a difference in the game. Certainly help with momentum. And again, Miami with Baltimore as the two 2-0 two teams in the AFC. We've got two 0-2 teams that had high expectations, two playoff teams from last year, facing off the Chargers and the Vikings in Minnesota. For LA, it's basically the same story in Week 2. Just can't find a way to win close games. Having no Austin Eckler, high running back hurt. looks like he's going to miss again this week with his ankle injury. It was good to see Mike Williams more involved. Keenan Allen's off to a hot start this year. Good to see him healthy. The LA defense, though, has been very disappointing. We could be set for a shootout against the Vikings. Minnesota was down pretty big to the Eagles last week. Made it somewhat of a game. The touchback late in the first half was a momentum swing where Justin Jefferson was near the goal line, nearly scored. Unfortunately, fumbled out of bounds, and it led to a touchback with Philly getting the ball back. Kirk Cousins threw for 364 yards and four touchdowns following up his week one, where he threw for 344 yards and two touchdowns. So the passing game's already clicking, but there's a lot of pressure on them to play almost perfectly, not ever turn the ball over. With the run game struggling, he didn't have many opportunities, but Alexander Mattinson hasn't been able to get much going as the starting running back after the team parted ways with Dalvin Cook in the offseason. And Minnesota just traded for Cam Akers from the Rams after that up and down relationship over the past two years has ended. A weird one. So we'll see if he can help provide a jolt and create more balance on offense when he eventually gets in the swing of things in Kevin O'Connell's offense. And people made disrespectful and racist comments to. Matson after the game, I believe they were mostly from fantasy football players that were unhappy with Matson's performance. And Matson said he shared them because, like, he wanted to make it clear there are people under the helmets, and it is very messed up to not understand in the grand scheme of things your fantasy team is borderline irrelevant. At the very least, you shouldn't be disrespecting players like that for any reason. And I mean, nobody forced you to play fantasy and draft Matson and put him in your lineup. So I think people need to take a step back and breathe a little bit in this matchup. uh, Last week, the Vikings, they played sort of an umbrella coverage against the Eagles, brought pressure. Yet they kind of allowed Devontae Smith to just run right by them on a few occasions. So I think that's something that, depending on how they play the Chargers, maybe Mike Williams and Keenan Allen can certainly exploit. So look for big plays on the outside for them. The Patriots face the Jets, New England. I talked about it last year. Had some games with officiating not go their way. That appeared to be the case again on Sunday night. I don't know if earlier in the game, Belchek slamming his challenge flag down had any type of impact. That was a funny moment. But I thought it was off that it was determined that play, where it looked like Stevenson had a first down to me. They said there wasn't enough evidence to return it. And then on Mike Asicki's lateral to Cole Strange, where it was ruled that Strange got the first down. Well, first of all, it was a heads up play by Kosicki and Strange to make that happen, make it close on a do or die situation. But it looked like Strange got the first, or at least it was questionable, maybe not indisputable video evidence. Yet that one was overturned to end the game. So that's kind of a tough one for New England to deal with. And I know their fans are not happy with officiating the last year plus. The Raheem Mostert. Touchdown run late was sort of backbreaking for them. But the defense overall has been promising. And rookie, first round rookie corner, Christian Gonzalez. Had the nice interception on a deep ball intent for Tyree Kill. He went up high and got it. Showed off his superb athleticism. Looks like they have something with him as a potential shutdown, playmaking cornerback. And they'll need the defense. And I think play more through Ramondre Stevenson early on this week against the Jets. Should be a defensive battle after two close games last year. New York was blown out by Dallas last week. Zach Wilson threw three interceptions, but I don't think he played quite as bad as the stats would indicate. He was under constant siege from Mike Parsons and others. The good news is teammates seem to understand that and are supporting him locally. That said, there are some bad vibes a little bit. Breesall voiced his pledge over his four carries. Sauce Gardner deactivated his X account. This is a big one for both squads. The Patriots can't go to 0-3. And for New York, They're looking to get back on the rails as they look to deal with not having Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. The final 1 o'clock game, the Bills faced the Commanders. Buffalo got back on track last week. That was the Josh Allen we expected to see. Pretty much every week he goes out there. He won the AFC Offensive Player of the Week, throwing for 274 yards, three touchdowns, completed 83.8% of his passes. So he played smartly, efficiently. When he had to get out and create out of the pocket, He did what he does and made plays. Gabe Davis had a nice catch on a third of the end zone off of Josh Allen's scramble. And the defense, they gave up a 75-yard drive to begin the game against the Raiders. But from there, we're pretty shut down. Held Josh Jacobs to negative two yards rushing. Became the first team, I think, ever, or maybe I saw since 1950, to hold the rushing champion from the former season to negative yardage. So a tough task for the Commanders as they look to build on their 2-0 start. Defense recorded several sacks last week in the win against the Broncos. Chase Young's return to the lineup was a welcome one. He had one one sack or one-and-a-half sacks. Brian Robson Jr. scored twice on the ground, contributed as a receiver as well. The flow this week could be a bit of a litmus test for Washington, who are 6-point underdogs. Kind of unfortunately, three late afternoon games this week compared to nine 1 o'clock games. The Panthers face the Seahawks. Carolina, you can see pretty clearly on the replay shown on the Monday Night Football broadcast, oftentimes the spacing on the routes for some reason just seems way off with receivers near each other. I again think Bryce Young needs a little more help, not encouraged by the start. They're 0-2. Linebacker Shaq Thompson's now out for the season with a fractured leg. Young himself is banged up with an ankle injury. He's not practicing today, didn't practice yesterday, so he's looking uncertain Andy Dalton might start at Seattle. The Seahawks mentioned their walk-off win against the Lions in overtime on the touchdown from Geno Smith to Tyler Lockett. The defense for the Seahawks has been concerning through two games, but hopefully as players like young players like Devin Witherspoon get more experience, they'll improve, and Pete Carroll, he has shown he knows how to get the most out of young players, so they should show strides as the season progresses. The Cowboys face the Cardinals. Arizona playing teams tough face. They're going to be facing now their third straight NFC East opponent. They had the Commanders and the Giants both on the ropes, but the Cowboys might be a different beast. They've won in blowout fashion. Their are two first games of the year. Love what I'm seeing from the offense with how efficient Dak Prescott's playing, and he looks more comfortable to me with Mike McCarthy calling the plays. People said they had a dink and dunk approach. I think they just took what the defense gave them. CeeDee Lamb had a big day with 11 catches, 143 yards, I think. Micah Parsons had two more sacks. But again, the Cardinals have made it challenging on the first two opponents. They'll look to run James Conner. Josh Dobbs do off make plays with his legs if he has to. And we'll see how the defense performs against the most talented offense they'll be facing through two games and a better offensive line for Dallas than what they saw against Washington and the Giants the final late afternoon game the Bears faced the Chiefs Chicago is just not looking good right now have not won a game since Elon Musk bought Twitter last October defensive coordinator Alan Williams mysterious situation there he left the team there were wild rumors which I won't repeat here about what happened I'm sure you've seen it online if you're listening to this I think we need to rein in the aggregate accounts on social media. It's unfortunate that the algorithm of X pushes their content. He immediately apologized and he is a good leader. He's shown to be a good leader. But Justin Fields said he's not, said he's playing too robotic, basically. And they asked why that is the media and he said coaching. And he immediately took responsibility and said it's on his shoulders and didn't mean to blame coaching. But I mean, it is a pretty tough look. He has guys open and for some reason isn't pulling the trigger. Again, he said robotics, so maybe he's thinking too much. But there were opportunities certainly last week against the Bucks to make plays down the field where, for whatever reason, he just wasn't pulling the trigger on throws. The Bears just aren't talented enough as a team to not play well on either side of the ball, which they aren't through two games. And it won't get easier going on the road to face the Chiefs. Kansas City, they got Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones, both made an impact last week. Jones had a sack. Kelsey had a touchdown. Still the Chiefs offense, they're trying to find their footing a bit, working in a ton of receivers, mixing everyone in. Still, despite that, looking off, feeling off, Patrick Mahomes still threw for over 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns last week in the win against the Jags. So we could see an explosion at some point, and they're among the heaviest favorites this week. They should get a win, improved to 2-1. Defense just, I think, needs to contain Justin Fields as a runner to avoid an upset. On Sunday night, Steelers faced the Raiders, a rematch of an entertaining Christmas Eve game from last season. This one comes in Vegas. Steelers started last week with a touchdown on a pick six off a deflection. Alex Highsmith found the end zone. And then to go ahead late in the game, Alex Highsmith forced Deshaun Watson fumble on a sack, and TJ Watt had a scoop and score. Defense has crazy upside. They find a way to win games when Watt is in the lineup because of his force and his presence. There's concerns about the offense. Kenny Pickett to George Pickens showed great signs last week. Pickens had a long touchdown on an inbreaking route, catch and run. I think they need to get the run game going more with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. They might go heavy there after the Bills had success against the Raiders last week. For Vegas, same thing. They need to run the ball better with Josh Jacobs. Again, they started off with a 75 yard touchdown drive capped by a Devontae Adams touchdown on screen against the Bills. So it's kind of strange they couldn't really do anything else after that they should have a much better performance this week all around and the trenches are the area to watch as it is in most games for Steelers Raiders we have a second straight Monday Night Football doubleheader first a 715 Eastern the Eagles face the Bucks. it's in Tampa Bay for Philly I'm thinking AJ Brown's gonna have a huge game after he apparently voiced some displeasure over his targets On the sideline last week, which the Amazon cameras caught. DeAndre Swift had a career high rushing last week, 175 yards, and a touchdown on 28 carries. Kenneth Gamewell should also be back at running back. And the way the offensive line can open up polls, it'll be a fun matchup to watch them face a Bucs team that can be stout against their own with Vita Vea and others on the interior. For Tampa now 2 0. Baker Mayfield is taking care of the ball. Mike Evans has come up huge through two games, two touchdowns, had, I think, 171 yards. And touchdown last week, the run game behind Rashad White showed life. That might be a tougher task facing guys like Jordan Davis. But I think Todd Bowles defense, which had success against the less talented Eagles team in the postseason two two years ago, they might be able to keep it somewhat close in a matchup of two and and0 NFC teams. And then finally A fifteen, the Rams face the Bengals. Cincinnati 0 and two, and no team has gone consecutive seasons and made the playoffs after an 0-2 start, which the Bengals did last season. Still, I think I've said it before, they feel like a team that can maybe flip the switch and just get in the playoffs in a wild card spot and then make a run. They are playing with fire, though. Joe Burrow's less than 100%. Still with a calf injury, re-aggravated in last week's loss to the Ravens. They have not looked good. I know people that have Jamar Chase on fancy teams are certainly not happy. The lack of preseason action maybe played a hand in the way since he has been playing. That paired with Bro missing the practice time. And it's imperative they find their footing in a Super Bowl rematch from two seasons ago, hosting the Rams. LA had the back to recover on the field goal as time expired last week against the Niners. But they did give San Fran more of a fight than expected. Puka Nakua racked up 15 catches. Rookie record has 25 catches through two games. I saw it was just reported he joined the breakfast um, group with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. So we maybe should have seen that coming. His early success in building quick chemistry with Stafford. And at running back Kyron Williams, we talked about Cam Akers getting traded away. Williams, second-year player, went lower than expected out of Notre Dame, mainly due to his athletic testing in the pre-draft process. He could be a pretty dynamic weapon for Sean McVay. No-name defense with Aaron Donald up front. They're playing hard and couldn't make it a good game. On Monday night to close out week three and that concludes this week's episode of the Wolf Sports Show thank you all for listening enjoy all the games from tonight through the doubleheader on Monday night and we'll be back next week